welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Well, good morning. It's so good to be with you. I am continuing our summer teaching series, and I'd like just to start by uh, telling, uh, telling you about uh, one of the aunties that I got to know when I was working up in uh, North London. And many of you know that uh, my first job when I got ordained in the Church of England was I worked in what was then called an urban priority area. So it's a very deprived area. And there were a lot of people, a lot of Nigerians particularly, who had come over uh, uh, in the 50s as part of the Windrush And one of them was this lady called Auntie Esther. And she was one of the most joyful people I have ever met. You know one of those people who, she walked through the door and she she lit up the room just because she was smiling and she was always uh, joyful. And she had these terrible arthritic hips. She could hardly walk and yet she was always smiling. She was always joyful. And I was talking to one of the other aunties about her, and I said, oh, isn't she amazing, the way that she is just so joyful all the time? And the other auntie paused for a moment and said, even more extraordinary when you know her story. And I said, what, what's her story? And uh, she said to me that Auntie Esther's son had been uh, murdered in the most horrific way on the way home. Uh, one evening, about 15 years prior to that. And I was just sort of a little bit thrown, to be honest with you. How could this person who's so full of joy and so full of life, how could they be like that when this had happened? And so um, eventually I I sort of sidled up to Auntie Esther at the end of a service, and I said, "Uh, forgive me, Auntie Esther, I, I, I didn't know what had uh, happened in your in your life, and her whole life story actually was one of ex- extraordinary sort of sadness. There had been all sorts of things in her life that had happened that had been so sad, culminating in this in this tragedy with her son. And I said, Auntie, you are the most joyful person I know. And like, what is the secret? And she said to me, she looked at me, and she roared with laughter. And she said, I am always always thankful. She said, gratitude is my secret. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about gratitude. Let me read a passage from the Bible to you. This is from the book of Colossians, and this is chapter 3, and this is verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let me just read that again. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. 
So this morning, as I said, I am going to be talking about um, gratitude. And I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you were thankful? When was the last time you were thankful? I mean, just thankful for something. The word gratitude has its origin. I looked at the etymology of the word, and it, 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 it comes from the medieval, medieval Latin, which is gratitudin, which means thankfulness, and it sort of dates from the 1400s, 1450, something like that. It appears the word, well, the word thankful appears in the Bible over a hundred times. And it is the most repeated command in the Bible. If you want to know what the most repeated command in the Bible is, it is to be thankful, to be grateful, to have thanks. And the thing about gratitude I want to start by saying is gratitude or thankfulness is not a feeling primarily. It's a decision. I don't know about you, often I don't feel thankful, but I can still choose to be thankful. The reason why gratitude is so important is because is the, gratitude is the gateway to joy. You want more joy in your life, you need to be more thankful. And this is something, a skill, a, a life hack that we can learn and that we can practice and that we can get better at together. The irony is, although it isn't, gratitude isn't about how we feel, when we choose to be grateful, it actually can improve how we feel. In the Old Testament, uh, gratitude and thankfulness was often linked to uh, offerings. There were thank offerings. And if you, as you read through the Old Testament, there are different ways that they, they showed uh, gratitude. There was sacrifice, but there were also thank offerings. There were different kind of thank offerings. There was one called a wave offering, where they would wave things because they were so thankful. So if you ever feel thankful on Guildford High Street, just wave something around and people will wonder uh, what on earth is going on. Uh, in the book of Psalms, we see again and again and again, these, these, aren't, these were songs, this was worship, and, uh, and often thanks and gratitude was right at the center of that. And the musicians would lead processions of praise and thanks because the people of God wanted to remember all the time what God had done for them, who he was. And as they did that, they could celebrate and they could be thankful. In the book of Psalms particularly, uh, there are the thanks, the people of God give thanks for deliverance in Psalm 35 verse 11. They give thanks just more broadly in Psalm 26 verse 7 and Psalm 47 verse 5. They say, enter his gates with thanksgiving in Psalms 92 verse 5 and 100 verse 4. Gratitude was a key part. If you want to know what is core to the DNA of the people of God, it is gratitude. In the New Testaments. Jesus gave thanks so many times. It's interesting, particularly around communion. If you think what communion was celebrating, it was celebrating his death. So it said he broke bread, he gave thanks and broke bread. Thank you that I'm about to have my body broken and my blood shed because of what it will mean for everybody else. Paul stressed thanksgiving nine times in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 6, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11 and Philippians 4 verse 6. The most joyful book in the Bible, Philippians, it's interesting the link between being thankful and being joyful. Rejoice, give thanks, rejoice, give thanks, rejoice. So we see again and again this pattern. 
But why is gratitude so important? First of all, you'll know the verse well, but James 1 verse 17, uh, James says this. He said, every good and perfect gift comes from above. So the first reason why gratitude is important is because it reminds us the source of the goodness that we experience in life. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Ultimately, it is a gift from God, and we need to be people who are thankful to the giver. It also reminds us, when we think, I don't know about you, occasionally, just occasionally, I get a little bit pleased with myself and do, think I'm doing particularly well, and it's a good, good to be reminded that every good, and perfect, every good thing that is happening in my life, every good thing that I think I've done, is Christ working in me because God is the source of the good things in our lives. Secondly, as we do that, it keeps us humble. It keeps our feet on the ground, remembering that actually this thing that we thought we built, look what I have built. Actually, you didn't build it. You think you built it, but God was the one who helped you build it. Look at this amazing thing I've done. Well, yes, you did it, but actually it was God, Christ in you, working that through. So it keeps us humble. Thirdly, it is really, really, really good for us to be grateful If you want to know how to have better mental health, better physical and relational well-being, if you want to have greater optimism, higher energy levels, if you want to have a strengthened heart and immune system, if you want to have decreased decreased stress and anxiety, decreased blood pressure, heightened awareness of something bigger than us, you need to practice being thankful. Because all the psychology is now teaching us that the more thankful we are, the more healthy we are, and the more happy we are. So how do we grow in gratitude? Well, the first thing is to be still. I don't know about you, and I don't literally mean walking down Guildford High Street and suddenly stop, because that would be a little bit odd. But, but what I'm talking about is building a sense of stillness within us where we are grounded and centered and we know Christ's presence with us. And as we become increasingly still on the inside, we become present in the moments that we are in. And it's in the moments that we are in that often we, we, I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, I get to the end of the day and I think, wow, what just happened? I suppose that, well, there are three types of people in the world, aren't there? There are people who make things happen, there are people who watch things happen, and there are people who wonder what happened. Uh, I often get to the end of the day and I wonder what happened. But I want to get to the place where I'm making things happen, or at least I'm watching uh, what happened. Because it's as those things, as those moments happen, that we can uh, we can step into them and be thankful for them, rather than letting them uh, rush past. I love taking photographs. It it drives my kids, my family, my friends mad. I just take photographs all the time. And part of that is, I like I want to capture that moment because I'm so thankful for what's going on. I capture uh, that that thing because it's just it, it just makes me thankful. So in being still and being present, uh, there's a neuropsychologist called Robert Hansen. And what he talks about is the fact that we have something called the negativity bias, which means if I were to say something unkind or unpleasant to you, you'd remember it. It would stick to you like Velcro. However, it takes, he reckons, at least five positive things in order for one of them to stick. So we have, that's the reason why we're still alive, by the way. Uh, there is a lion moving towards me, like, oh, I don't, don't run, 
pretend to be dead already. Uh, that is the reason why we have a negativity bias. But he says one of the ways that we can, we can get around that is to be present in the moment. And he said it takes about 20 seconds for your brain to engage in the positive thing. So um, I love walking. I walk. I know we've got a dog. I've got an excuse to walk. Um, but I love walking. And it's so easy. I was walking with one of my friends, and I, I do more or less the same kind of route quite often. And they said, do you ever get bored of this walk? And I'm like, how can I get bored of this walk? And they go, what do you mean? I said, it's different every time. And they're like, what? And I said, it's different every time. I feel different. Uh, I'm maybe with a different person. I'm maybe by myself. The weather might be different. There's something different all the time. And I try and spot something each time I go out that I haven't seen before. And I just take 20 seconds. The other day, I was walking across this, uh, this field where there was loads of maize. And the, the, the breeze just blew across it. And I just stopped for 20 seconds. And I went, wow. That is incredible. I get to be here and to be present in this moment, and I can be thankful for that. Thank you that I get to see the, me- the, the wind as it blows across the maze. And the more that you can focus on the detail, the more thankful you become. So it's, first of all, it's I can feel the breeze on my face. Then it's, I can actually see the breeze that moves across the maze because the maze uh, bends over slightly. And then I can see it moving a whole way across the field. And then I see the birds starting to take off. And the more present you are, the more thankful you can become. So that's a good thing to be doing. Uh, Another thing uh, that that we can do that will really help us be thankful is to journal. Some people say write a gratitude journal. So uh, I don't know if that works for you. I'm not a massive journaler. But just at the end of the day, maybe um, think about the things that day that you have been thankful for. And rehearse it and go over it in your mind. What are the things that I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that my train was on time. I thank you that I got that piece of work done in time, and I'm really proud of that. Thank you that I had a really good conversation uh, in Starbucks with a friend as I was queuing up. Thank you that I got to spend time with my family, or thank you that I went to see a great film, or whatever it is. But these are little things that we can be thankful for. And the purpose is all the time it directs us back to God. We don't just want to... I'm thankful for something, but I'm thankful to someone for these things that are happening. Start or the end of the day. What am I thankful for? And finally, express thanks to others. Um, I'm a real believer in if you see something good about someone, tell them. Or you see something done well, tell them. I was at this funeral once, and um, this guy's brother stood up at the front, and he said, I love my brother. And I never told him. And I thought, oh my goodness. Like he was, he was an elderly gentleman. He was in his 60s, um, this guy's brother. Had 60 years to tell him he loved him. 60 years to say what he thought was great about him. And had never done it. Practice telling people what you are thankful for about them. Practice telling people what you love about them. What you appreciate about them. Feels a little bit weird. If you're English, this feels particularly weird. If you're from somewhere else, it may feel slightly less weird. If you're American, this is like commonplace. Uh, so one of the things I love to do is, if we have been, uh, if we, if I've been in a shop, and the shop assistant has been really helpful, I will say to the shop assistant, "Can I speak to your manager?" And they always look really scared. I say, "No, no it's good. It's good." And, uh, and, I, and, and they take me to their manager, and I, if possible, I get them. Uh, hopefully, they're still standing there. They haven't run off or panicked. And I say, I just want to say that Steve was so helpful when I was looking for those underpants, <laughs> or whatever it was. And, and, and Steve is encouraged. The manager looks surprised, because the only time anyone ever speaks to him is to complain. 
and we're just extending gratitude and extending thanks and paying it forward. And the other thing is to maybe tell people what you appreciate about them, what you are thankful for about them. I'm trying to practice this with some of my friends. And you don't have to do it every time because that would just be weird. But saying, do you know what, I am so thankful for that time when I had a flat tire and you drove all the way out to where I was with your electric pump and pumped up my tire for me. Or I am so thankful for that time. We just had that, you know, I've been having a difficult time and you just came and you listened and you didn't judge me. Or I'm so thankful for that time you really encouraged me. It doesn't have to be long, but be specific about the thing that you are thankful for to somebody else. And finally, be thankful to God. One of my favorite psalms in the Bible is Psalm 126, uh, because it it is looking back and it is being um, thankful for for what God has done uh, for his people. So I'm going to read it to you just as we uh, come into land. It's one of my favorite psalms. Here we go. When the Lord returned, restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Let me read that again. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. Let's stand together.